0: Hi, I'm Lippy.
1: And I'm Grumpy, together with Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting.
0: In this episode, Lippy has a new job, backfiring April Fool's jokes, awesome car interiors, and cutting a sandwich. Now, Lippy. Hello.
1: You let something slip last week.
0: I did, yes.
1: Nobody seems to have spotted it, but so you've started a new job.
0: I have. Yesterday was my first day.
1: Excellent. Well, tell us a little bit about it.
0: Well, it's hybrid working, which is lovely. So I've gone from full-time at home to full-time in the office to now half and half. Well, yeah, half and half-ish. It's hard when there's five days in a week, isn't it? You can't really do half and half. No,
1: you can't. No.
0: (laughs) Um, but super exciting because I get to do one day in London, so I get to be like a proper city businesswoman Excellent. for a one day a week, which will be lovely. Um, but then I get to spend some time at home, which I'm very much looking forward to. That'll
1: be good. And uh, would you say London, whereabouts in London?
0: In Victoria. Oh,
1: very nice.
0: So I can go and see Buckingham Palace every day if I wanted to.
1: You could, yes. Mm. Excellent. Oh, well, well done for that. And, um, Thanks. hopefully... This will work out really. I well. I last longer
0: than five months.
1: I'm not going to say a word because I did the same thing at your age, so I can't <laughs> can't can complain at all. But no doubt we'll hear more about it. Anyway, last week we spoke about the Oscars awards and yes. um, the various well, the one incident that happened there. And I had a message from a friend of mine whose wife has alopecia, and they're they're both very involved in the Alopecia UK charity. And in fact, uh, Simon swam the Channel in 2013, I think it is, and there's a, there's a brilliant wow. clip on um, YouTube showing his uh, adventure across there. Uh, he claims that the salt water took all the skin off his tongue three days after he'd finished, but I, I suspect it has a lot more to do with uh, diesel and um, other not the just substances that's in the channel. Yeah, yes. but he's not having any of it. Anyway, they obviously they were inundated with responses. Uh, about mm. this and it and it's sort of it's along the lines of the comment i was making that there was two wrongs on that day yeah and the first one doesn't get addressed it just gets forgotten about and all the focus is on whether will smith should have physically hit chris rock or not completely avoiding <laughs> the, you know the damage that uh, chris rock has done with uh, people that uh, have alopecia anyway they they don't condone this is the alopecia um Charity don't condone violence, obviously. But they came up with this this brilliant speech that Will Smith should have come out with. Obviously, with the benefit of a uh, little bit of time, it's easy to do this. But it it makes me think about other situations where somebody's making an inappropriate comment or joke at somebody else's Mm. expense, particularly when it's to do with a disability, whether it's physically obvious or not. Anyway, we'll leave a link uh, somewhere, um, But in the meantime, I will read this out. So apologies, everyone, for interrupting proceedings. But I really feel the need to challenge the joke that Chris Rock just made now about my wife, Jada. The difference between Jada and Demi Moore, who shaved her head for the role of G.I. Jane years ago, is that my beautiful wife's lack of hair is not entirely by choice. She has a medical condition called alopecia and she has chosen to embrace the baldness that brings rather than wear a wig as many people with alopecia do. There have been times when this condition has caused distress and anguish to my wife and as a result to me and my family. I feel it is time that obvious jokes were not made about anybody's appearance in a society where it is unacceptable to make jokes about someone's race, sexuality or disability. Perhaps it's time we extend that to include any visible difference. Yes, my wife is bored, but is that any reason to uninvitingly bring her into a joke when she is here, like everyone else, to simply enjoy the evening? And it does go on a little bit further than that, but I think just such a brilliantly worded Mm. response and the sort of thing that you know if you suffer from a disability maybe it's something that you could you could use in the future rather than getting emotional about it which is understandable but remove yourself from the emotion and actually come back with a considered response so
0: and actually that has been circulating the internet because i've seen it on facebook a few times so that is quite positive that that message is Getting out there to people.
1: Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, that alopecia is quite, seems to be quite rare. I mean, I've known well, a couple of people now who've, uh, who've had it. Um, mm. But it's not something you see every day. So, you know, people don't know perhaps how to respond. But, um, you know, the more information you can give about conditions like this, then um, the better. And I also, at the other end of the scale, had a message from the Screaming Tomato who found the reference to Judy and Clary hilarious. I think he <laughs> burst out laughing on the bus on the way to work. <laughs> Now, you wanted to talk about an April Fool's gag backfire.
0: Yes, which I... Yesterday, I think I saw it, maybe, and sent it to you straight away because I, honestly, I was in stitches for about 10 minutes. It really made me laugh. Um, So it was a video of a guy explaining what happened, and he had had a few missed calls from the same number throughout the day. So he answered it, and it was a policeman about an arrest warrant or something along those lines um with his name on it and he needed to do this and that he obviously scam straight away scam hang up um then got a text from the number saying this is DCI and left a name you need to um give us a call let me know when you're free so he then I think Googled the number first and nothing came up. So he decided to call, is it 101, the number for non-emergency uh, police?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest. That's a very good question. I believe
0: it's 101. Okay. So he then rang 101 and said, look, I've had these calls today from this saying that they're this person. I've also just had a text. Um, Can you, do you know if there's a way of finding out if this is actually a police officer that's trying to get hold of me? So she went off, had a little look. No, no one in, no one on their system under that name as a DC. So he was like, right. Okay. That's it. Then they're getting reported for fraud. They're going to be done for. He's all excited in his voice and his oh. face that he's going to have done them for, um, what is it? Impersonating a police officer, which is actually quite a serious crime, um, yes. along with scamming and fraud. And then so he reported the number and then realised it was April Fool's Day and it was one of his mates oh no. that, had, oh no. that had been doing this to him and he just reported their number to um, to the police for fraud. But
1: I wonder how much of that happens on the 1st of April where people yeah. just don't realise and...
0: Mm, don't click.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, if you've made up a really poor April Fool's joke, then <laughs> it's probably a bit of karma.
0: Yes, yeah. Definitely. I was accused of making an April Fool's joke that was not an April Fool's joke. Yes, you were, weren't you? I was, yes. Uh, I met a very famous person from a very famous series that Charlotte is very obsessed with. Well,
1: as far as we know, you met a person that had the same name because there's no
0: photographic No, I saw him. I nearly physically walked into him. We've only got your word for that. I I'm not I wasn't I was still under contract. I wasn't allowed to be taking photographs of people.
1: <laughs> quite right. <laughs>
0: but his bodyguard was huge and he was definitely reading through lines uh, at breakfast. I was very stalkery. I I hope I was low key and he didn't notice.
1: So you were bordering on inappropriate but not quite.
0: Yeah, exactly. Until the point where I nearly walked into him, which was a genuine accident. That doesn't surprise. And he me. was very polite. Yes. So a few
1: weeks ago, we had our microwave that must be 17 years old. Hmm. It exploded quite spectacularly and uh, took out a number of fuses and stuff popped in the fuse box and what have you. And I don't really fancy messing around with it. And you, can't, well, you can get spare parts for it, but getting somebody out to fix it is um, quite expensive. So we decided to replace it. And there seems to be a shortage of just about everything at the moment, and microwaves that will fit that the gap uh, mm. are on that list. So anyway, so we, we bought this little one that just fits in the shelf quite happily. We took the old one out and left it by the bins on the driveway, so some distance from the road. And um, we got back from the boat a couple of weeks ago, and uh, on the on the Monday I'm sitting thinking. Do you know, I don't remember seeing that microwave there. and I Because it was the sort of thing you'd catch your leg on as you're trying to empty the boot of the yeah. car. So we now had a look and it had gone, along with um, <laughs> an old alternator that I'd taken off the Mini a week or so before that. So somebody in the week okay. off just came and helped themselves to our... Uh, scrap metal, which Rubbish. is sort of okay in some respects, because I haven't got to take it down to the dump and deal with it, but um, mm. it does make you feel a bit sort of, ooh, I wonder if they were poking Somebody's... around anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a...
0: You check behind the gate, nothing. Yes,
1: that's all, all still there. Yeah, so there's a broken table saw out there now, waiting to to be recycled yeah. <laughs> so hopefully they'll come and take that because that's quite heavy
0: you should maybe put it near the front of the drive so they don't have to walk as far well, in just
1: leave it on the verge i suppose but i mean some people mm. do don't they some countries they leave yeah. stuff out that they don't want and people just grab them yeah yeah absolutely
0: that's technically fly tipping though because it's not your property anymore
1: well is it fly tipping when you put your bin out
0: it is for you yeah, because you put your bin on the grass verge whereas we put our bin on the edge of our driveway
1: yeah, see, so I put the bin on the on the grass to help the bin people so they don't have to walk so far. But do they put it back on the grass verge? No, they leave it in no. the middle of the drop curb. So if you're coming home and nobody's been at home, you have to stop the park the car, move the bin before you can get into the driveway. Yeah. Which is very, obviously, it's a first-world problem, but it is very annoying.
0: Well, what you need to do is get yourself a lovely neighbour who is always in because they're of a certain age, uh, who goes around, to be honest, goes around at, like 10 minutes after the bins have been done and wheels our bin back up to our gate for us.
1: <laughs> that's very nice. That's that's it very is. good of him. I try and do next doors now I'm mm. working at home. And I also do that. If I hear the bin men I go out and then move them. And I try yeah. and, she's in her 90s now, so I try and manoeuvre that back into position. But um, she beating mm. me to it today.
0: Did she? Well, yeah, he plods out in his dressing gown. Mm. At quarter to nine in the morning, wheels all the bins, does the one very across good. the road as well. Oh, very good. And I saw him and I said, that's, I should be doing that for you, not you doing that for me. But I think, um, there was a burglary across the road two, a while ago now. It was like over two years ago. So he does it so people don't realize that they're not in or okay. around. So they think they've already pulled their bins back in. Wasn't
1: committed by a gentleman in a dressing gown, was it?
0: <laughs> I don't think so, no.
1: <laughs> back for more. Anyway, I've got a massive list of stuff that's um, appeared over the last couple of weeks where we've been uh, uh, missing episodes and then talking about boats. So I don't think we're going to get yeah. through all of it. And what's bottom of the list, which I'm now going to move to the top, is mm. this glorious car interior. It's, I've never disgusting. seen anything like it. If you think back to probably the 70s when green velour was... Um, Definitely in vogue. It's full of that. Even with little—I don't know what you call it—but where you put buttons, you've got sort of a a lumpy type effect. Um, some psychedelic panels in there, and a what looks like a black and white portable television in the dashboard. It I, I It has to be American. Looking at the other cars in the back of the shop, but that is something else, isn't it? And the seats look like armchairs. It, it doesn't. They don't look like car seats. So.
0: It's. So- it looks like. Someone has um, been very ill and then started puking up the stomach acid that's left over.
1: That's, um, that's quite unfair, I think.
0: That's the colour that I'm seeing, though.
1: But if you go back to the 70s, that's <laughs> what front rooms look like.
0: Yeah, well, and avocado suites.
1: Exactly, yes.
0: We had one of those in uh, Chris's house. Before well, we've we still moved.
1: got a blue one in, uh, in our house. Yeah, so I'm now on an outrageous car interior photo hunt. hunt and in fact i've even started mm. a, another instagram account with i think it's awesome car interiors so.
0: <laughs> yes
1: which i haven't posted that
0: would be quite popular
1: well you've got to post something to it for it to be popular and i've not done that yet so i
0: oh, see
1: busy faffing around with other things anyway one article that i'd found quite some time ago and um was interested in because we like a bit of ice hockey um, yes, one, we do. One of the things that happens in uh, in the intervals between the three periods, I suppose you call it, it, wouldn't be halves, would it be periods, is three. Out, comes three the thirds. Zan- three thirds, out comes the Zamboni machine and it resurfaces the ice. Mm. And I, I found an article about Frank J. Zamboni, who is not surprisingly the inventor of the, uh, the Zamboni machine. And he actually started off uh, building ice skating rinks and the problem with the early rinks is that we weren't very flat. They were sort of a bit lumpy all over the place. And in uh, 1924, uh, they started to make more of them. And what they used is this series of under under the rink pipes, which led to the mm-hmm. bumpiness. So he and his brother came up with a, a different way of doing it. And I can't tell you how it does it, because I don't understand refrigeration. <laughs> <laughs> and it was painted, but they managed to produce beautifully flat ice rinks, so that was their first thing and But the problem is they then had to resurface it all of the time and mm. you know, between um periods at, on ice hockey and uh, This will take an hour and a half to do this, so obviously you're not going to do it in an ice hockey match, but you might do it between sessions at the ice rink, so he made in nineteen forty eight the zamboni machine that we now know and oh, yeah God. it's that old and um, when you look at the original pictures of it it's not that different to be honest not that difference at all but he was one of those people a little bit like henry ford that once he got an idea into his head he just kept on and on and on and on until it was developed mm. uh, and this was the same and um the, the zambonis made an absolute fortune from it
0: i'm not surprised yeah yeah
1: uh, so oh, it
0: does look very similar it does doesn't it? doesn't
1: it yeah very, very similar indeed. I
0: guess there's no need for it to be pretty. It's not like a car or It's functional, yeah. isn't it?
1: And it's yeah, interesting yeah. watching them do it at the, um, the Spectrum in Guildford, because yeah. there's different approaches. And so there was a period where there's one guy who used to drift it round each end. Yeah, this was quite entertaining, yeah, astonishing. They've sold twelve thousand of them since 1949. Wow. which is quite quite impressive. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about a gentleman who had spotted two cars in his, his troubled estate, I think was the phrase they used, it with the same number plate. Uh, yes. There is a vigilante parking warden who's uh, uh, who's out sticking his own stickers on cars that are illegally parked. And um, this is in Shirley in Southampton. And the locals are going, he's got to be stopped. He's got to be stopped. He's obviously gone too far. So if you're thinking <laughs> of doing a bit of vigilante parking warden actions then don't basically
0: don't no
1: just don't do it and i'm not sure what the law is about um to stick stickers on other people's cars without their permission
0: it depends how sticky they are i guess because uh, not... you can you can fly people's cars
1: i'm not sure you can to be honest can you not well it depends on where you are if it's a private land that the car park's on then you know not without the landowner's permission Mm. and it's not something you should do anyway, in my view.
0: No, it's just annoying, because you always notice it once you've sat in the car, and then you've got to get back out of the car, because you can't drive with it on.
1: Well, the problem is, is that not everybody does that. They get out, they pick up the leaflet, and they put it on the ground. And mm. We've had this at the car show, where somebody's going to put leaflets on the people's cars in the public car park and then wrap the show up and you go out and there's just litter all over the place. So you've then got to spend two hours wandering up and down a field cleaning somebody else's litter, which is not fun. No. At all. Not fun in the slightest. So Anyway, we've deviated a little bit from the, uh, the story there. Now, one of the things we've touched on from time to time is alternative fuels and the like. And given that it doesn't affect you because you were very smart and managed to... uh Freeze your gas and electric supply,
0: yes, f- for, for two years
1: two years, so well done there, but you 're going to be in for a shock in two years' time and yeah, right. uh, was it April the first prices started to go up, so there was a mm. a suggestion by various people that you take a meter reading on oh on the thirty first not on the first yes, which I did first thing in the morning and then thought, actually, I probably should have done that last thing at night, but then the stories came in of. The various websites crashing where people, too many people are trying to put meter readings in on the 31st. Uh, so, uh, yes, I was pleased to get it in rather than, than not
0: be in that.
1: Yes. Mind you, that said, yeah. I had an email today from this, um, energy company asking for meter readings. So well, who knows? And I'd be looking at solar panels and heat pumps and things like that. And I thought, well, just bite the bullet with the solar panels and get them on the roof and, Doing some stuff. And there's some plug-in ones you can get, so you don't have to have somebody install it. And they are out of stock of everything. Uh, I'm not
0: surprised.
1: Yeah, absolutely mm. everything. So um, I'm now wondering whether to get them, get them direct from the manufacturer. But anyway. Mm couple of interesting bits of news over the last few weeks there's a plant in turkey that's turning algae into biojet fuel yeah I, it's quite a leap and once again it's one of those articles that i read it and i don't fully understand it
0: like isn't algaes and what you get in the water the gunky stuff absolutely
1: yeah so the stuff that i scrape off wow. the inside of the fish tank
0: yeah why have you been throwing that away you could have been making jet fuel with absolutely. it
1: absolutely <laughs> yes
0: Save that up now, and you can sell it to them.
1: Yeah, not sure there's enough. So they they do mix it with a bit of fossil fuel for the test run at the end of the year, uh, 5 to 10% fossil fuel. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But if they're opening mm. a plant, then clearly there's some... It's uh,
0: gone well so yeah, far. Yeah, they believe there is
1: mm. a, uh, a
0: possibility. Good science behind it.
1: Very, very good science. And one of my favourite YouTube channels, Harry's Garage... A few weeks ago did a piece on hybrids and biofuel and he had a completely electric BMW and he compared that to his hybrid Range Rover and then to he's got a series of classic cars and then classic cars running on sustainable fuel which is being developed mm. by a number of companies. And What's interesting? He he's a very he's very much a details man. So he'll get, he'll not take something on face value. He'll go get to the bottom of it. And yeah. you can for a electric car you can get uh, not CO two per mile essentially, and that's based on the CO two emitted to create enough electricity to drive that car for a mile. And obviously it's a lot lower than a petrol or diesel car. Yes. And I'm not sure petrol and diesel takes into account CO2 use when to, to get the petrol to the car, if you see what I mean. So mm. transportation and refinement and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll leave that aside. And what's interesting is that that's different in different parts of the country. And one of the things we said before is that electricity doesn't move very well. So if you generate it in one corner of the UK and consuming it on the other side, then you lose a lot in that. In the way, yeah. Yeah, it it just gets gets lost in transmission, basically. And he's factored Mm. all that into it. And he actually managed to work out that the hybrid Range Rover was marginally less CO2 toxic than the electric BMW. Oh,
0: okay.
1: But there is a caveat here. It's a plug-in hybrid, and he is topping it up with electricity from his wind vane. So he's he's not plugging it into the grid.
0: It's not to the actual grid, okay.
1: I don't think you're quite comparing apples with apples there. Slight difference. But nevertheless, it's a very interesting look at why you shouldn't take figures at face value. And no. the other thing he talks about is the um, the biofuel. Uh, but he reckons that's 10 years away from being available in any sort of quantity. Yeah. So, but it does give you life for your classic cars uh, if you're not paying an awful lot of money to have them converted to electric, which is quite astonishing but we hopefully at our car show this year we'll have a company that specializes in classic conversions so it'll be interesting that's really
0: cool yeah Yeah. there
1: are a number of companies around a lot of them do them so you can switch back to the fossil fuel version without uh, any problems they're not cutting great big chunks out the car they're they're working within what they've already got in the car like
0: an adapter type thing
1: uh well it will just drop in say just it will drop into the space already occupied by uh, the engine and may or may not use the gearbox. So mini, for example, is very easy because everything's at the front. You've got a mm. reasonable space in there to get it in there. You've just got to store the batteries somewhere. Now, one of the topics of conversation on the boat, which we're a bit late to because this was mid March, this came out, is: Are there more doors or wheels in the world? Yeah, and it's a little bit like that picture of the dress. Was it, was it blue or was it brown? I can't remember Oh yes, the,
0: the shoes shoes with i thought there was a dress oh there were shoes as well
1: yeah i think you're right
0: yes there definitely was a dress too
1: and it's a very interesting topic because some people are adamant they know the answer to this yeah and some of them are right and some of them are wrong (laughs) yes (laughs) so what would you go for doors or wheels
0: i honestly can't decide like every time every time i make i come to a decision where i'm like yes that one and then start thinking about other things. and I'm like, but no, there's so many of this and so many of that. So at the start, I was very much, there has to be more wheels than doors. Because, like, if you think of a car, there's four, there's five doors. On an average car, there's five doors. And there's always five wheels. But you can, then you can have a spare wheel. Yes. And so that would make it six wheels on a car. And then you've got... Little convertible cars only have two, two, two doors and a boot, so three doors, and they've got five wheels still.
1: But they, you talk about convertible cars, there might be yeah. wheels in the roof mechanism.
0: Exactly. And then if you think of like Royal Mail with their mass load of places, they probably don't have very many doors in their warehouses, but what they do have is really long tables. With loads of wheels on them so they can roll yep. the parcels past. Yep. That How many wheels per tr- table is that? Yes. But then an office building, which I was in yesterday, a real office building. So many doors yeah. everywhere. Yes. It, it really gets me.
1: I, I would counter the doors. Do you know who the manufacturer of the most tyres per year is? So which company makes the most number of tyres? No. It's Lego.
0: My God, yes. So
1: you've got all of the Lego wheels.
0: And no doors.
1: Well no, there will be some doors because you'll get the things that I know when I was a kid we had uh Lego that were making to a house and I'm sure that had doors that would fit on there. So there will be some doors, mm. but not I don't think as many. But I was just thinking about this. What about advent calendars?
0: So there's twenty-four doors.
1: Twenty-four doors. And advent calendars are really popular and they might not have I had
0: like three last year. Exactly. So That's thirty-six doors. No, no that's so more not than. not more
1: that. than that.
0: <laughs> what three advent calendars? <laughs>
1: it was more than thirty six.
0: Forty eight. Oh my god, yeah. I went I went no, up to forty eight and then took that's away. Two. Yeah. That's no, sorry, caring. so I went
1: This is real-time I took away
0: instead of re-added. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, add again, add another 24 on. Where'd you get to? 72. Well done. Yeah, so that's 72. (laughs) Just on there. I went the wrong way after 48. Yes, yes, you don't need to explain yourself.
0: I would also like to say, actually, quickly, that before anyone thinks I'm doubly silly, the fifth wheel in a car is the steering wheel. Yes. I don't think that wheels have five cars. (laughs) Um, No, don't think the cars have five wheels. Well, there'll
1: be other... Other wheels as well, particularly in things like the heater mechanisms, and
0: mm. but kind of like obvious wheels. Yeah. And I feel like then you have to start thinking about what's the definition of a wheel.
1: Well, that's where it gets a bit. Because I wouldn't isn't
0: say it? a cog was a wheel.
1: No, I wouldn't. No, that's very different. Mm. No, definitely not.
0: And like a a turning door isn't. That's not. I wouldn't say that was a door. Or a revolving or more door. More than one door. A revolving oh, door. That's an interesting one. That w- surely that's just one door. Mm. Because there's only one in and out.
1: Yeah, interesting. So in this article, there's a number of things that they bring up. Uh, So there's wheels on, garment rack, makeup storage holder, rubbish bin, suitcase, toy cars, but they also have doors as well.
0: Mm. No, they don't always have doors
1: though. Um, Some of the ones I've got on my... And my desktop definitely have opening doors.
0: Does it have to be a working door as well? Well, for well it there's to count a good question. A
1: door? There's a very good question. So this chap's saying in favour of doors, most things with wheels have at least a two to one door wheel relationship. Ratio. In my household, there are twenty-nine doors, including fridge, cupboard, washing machine, tumble dryer, and car. Hamster's got a wheel, probably doesn't have a door though, otherwise they would tend to escape.
0: Or a cage door.
1: Yeah. Where well, is it, door or flap? And then somebody has gone a bit too far and tried to work the whole thing out with some calculations. Oh, as he said, wheels are only for vehicles and doors only count if they can be walked through. So does a car door count? Something you can walk through? Who knows? You
0: move through it, don't you?
1: If you've got a strong opinion on wheels versus doors, we'd love to hear it.
0: We would, Absolutely yes. Absolutely
1: love to hear it. Now, one of the things we've spoken about at some length in the past are sandwiches.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And again, hot topic on the socials is somebody suggested you get more sandwich if you cut diagonally than into rectangles.
0: That's not that what?
1: Yeah. So if you if you think of buying a sandwich from the shop, generally they're, they're cut diagonally and you see the middle mm. of the content because they fill the middle bit and not the edges. But somebody has stated that you get more sandwich by cutting diagonally, which has got to be nonsense.
0: It has to be because it's the same size.
1: Yeah. And then, again, somebody else has done the mathematics on it and uh, given a four-inch square sandwich – the area is the same whether you cut it diagonally or across. So, again, yeah. that was a bit of a waste of time, really, for all involved, but it uh, did spark quite a lively discussion.
0: I'm now contemplating. I'm like, does it make a difference?
1: Yes, I know. That's the thing about these things. It makes you doubt your own sanity, to be honest.
0: I'm thinking. When, so, if you cut it into four, because, you know, when you cut, it, like, bends in
1: uh, where the bread yes.
0: squishes. Yeah. So, if you cut it into four, you have more squishy bits.
1: Yeah, you see, I would say, if we go back to triangle and rectangles, Mm. every time you cut, you're losing a bit of sandwich, because there'll be breadcrumbs that drop off. If you cut it and lift it from the plate, then there'll be breadcrumbs left. If you've got a longer cut, surely you're losing more breadcrumbs than a shorter cut. And a diagonal cut is longer. So I think it's the other way around. I think you have more sandwich. With a square cut. With a square cut. What
0: kind of cut do you prefer, though? I
1: prefer a square cut. Why? Because what I find is, with the rectangle one, you pick up the sandwich Mm. and the other end just flops open, unless it's a sticky filling that holds the two bits of bread together. But if you had something like uh, a cheese and salad sandwich, grab hold of it. and the ends they're too big to hold all of it, unless you hold it with both hands, which is daft for a sandwich.
0: But when you're, when it's a triangle, you only have to hold two edges, but when it's a rectangle, you have to hold
1: no, three. No, 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 I disagree. I think you can hold a rectangle in one hand and it keeps the integrity yeah, of so the So you filling. hold the
0: triangle like this?
1: Yeah, but then it, it, yeah, but it's off the end of your hands and bits are falling out.
0: But what happens to the other side of your rectangle if you're holding one side of it? So if you hold the rectangle in the middle, then stuff's just going to drop out each side.
1: Yes, but if you that's, hold that's the triangle in the middle. Well, no, because it's got a longer cut, so you've got more flapping around.
0: I'm going to try this.
1: I mean, basically, there's two ways of doing it. There's my way, or there's the wrong way. So
0: how it. do you feel about rectangle, like a rectangle cut in four?
1: Four is for children. <laughs> or very, very posh afternoon teas, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, on Saturday. On
0: Saturday, yes. Me too, actually.
1: We'll see. Maybe we'll start doing some measuring while we're there.
0: <laughs> Shall I give them a call and let them know not to cut your sandwiches into triangles?
1: No, I mean, no, small triangles. So cutting to four is okay because it, it makes me feel very posh.
0: I presume we'll have finger sandwiches. Well, maybe. So fingers? there's no crusties.
1: Oh, blimey. Oh, no, I don't like that. I like the crust.
0: Oh, uh, well, you won't get any crust because oh. they make finger sandwiches normally mm. with an afternoon too. Okay. Well, that'll be all right. You must lose lose loads of sandwich with a thing.
1: Yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's a ludicrous amount of, of
0: cows. Mm. Right, so do you have a top
1: tip for us this week?
0: I do. Well, kind of. It's a, a purchase tip. Ooh. I don't know how many female people listen to our podcast, so this might be irrelevant for everyone except for myself. However, I've started a new job and... I obviously have to travel into the office more now. And where the office is, there isn't a car park. So I have to... I park about a seven-minute walk away and then I have to walk. And then on my days in London, I'm obviously travelling from where I live all the way to Waterloo and then on the Tube to Victoria. So, actually, Christopher, the lovely man here, has bought me a a present for starting a new job, which I get every time, which is why I start so many new jobs, because I get a little present. Anyway... He bought me the cutest laptop bag I ever have seen. £30 on Amazon. You would be so impressed at how many zips oh. and compartments there are. There's a specific bit for your laptop. But then there's another bit for if you have a tablet. Thanks. You've very then good. got a, a massive zip pocket, a smaller zip pocket, pen holders, and then two smaller bits and then another whole section you also have adjustable strap so that it sits nicely under your arm and then the whole thing zips at the top so no little feeding people can stick their hands in there
1: very nice i like that a lot delightful
0: so if you have to travel with work i would highly recommend buying one of those
1: very good now for those of you listening rather than looking lippy was demonstrating the bag in the camera and it was very. Oh, nice. I was,
0: but I actually remember to talk through it as well this time, not very just good. show. Yes, just show. So, yes.
1: Well, maybe we'll post a um, a photo, a link. although I've not been very good at mm. doing that. I have to say, I am a bit behind with the website, so uh, <laughs> yes, eventually, one of these days. So, I've got a slightly unusual fun fact, but it is definitely a fun fact. So, in nineteen sixty, gentleman called David Latimer planted a tiny garden inside. A large glass bottle, so one of those sort of dome-type things with a fairly small... I don't know what you'd use it for, but sort of thing you get an awful lot of wine in. So after 12 years, he opened the bottle to add some water and then he sealed it for good. So the self-contained ecosystem has flourished for nearly 60 years, so it's still going strong. Whoa. And if you're wondering how it's possible, the garden is perfectly balanced and self-sufficient ecosystem. Bacteria in the compost eats the dead plants and breaks down the oxygen that is released by the plants, turning it into carbon dioxide, which is needed for photosynthesis. So this bottle is basically an earth, planet Earth.
0: That's mad! It
1: is incredible, and there's a picture here of him with his bottle and it's it's astonishing the whole thing is is full of green and then
0: imagine compost. if just eventually just like a little person like a really little person just started walking along through the garden
1: that would be really scary wouldn't you if there was somebody stood at the edge of it just banging on the glass one morning, yeah. that that would freak yeah. you
0: out like a little thumbnail a thumble size yeah.
1: it'd be tempting to take the cork off and drop a little plastic figure in there but i think that might kill
0: yeah, the whole thing but i think you'd need to have done that at the start wouldn't you
1: you would have done, and it would have been fairly obvious. I think um, it, it would have been like an episode of One Foot in the Grave where it goes to attempt something and then just makes a complete mm. mess of the whole thing. <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening.
0: You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform.
1: If you're not sure how to leave a review... Or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review.
0: And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk.
1: So it's goodbye from me.
0: And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.